Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner, and today I'm continuing my series of episodes on Goblinoids with the Bugbears. And special shout out to my good friend Phil. He loves Bugbears. Um, every time Hero Forge posts on Facebook, they've got something new coming, but don't tell you what it is. Phil's always on there, like, I hope it's Bugbears. So either you, this guy really loves Bugbears, or. He's playing one in my next campaign, and he just wants a figure. So, <laughs> Phil's a great guy. I'm glad that we met him and added him to our D&D group. So, this one's for you, bud. Bugbears. Bugbears are the largest of the goblinoids. They're very strong. They're very brutish. But they are very uncommon, and they are very lazy, which makes them much less of a threat than hobgoblins and arguably less of a threat than goblins. Um... Bugbears are very, very sneaky. They have excellent stealth, and they're also big and strong, which makes them really scary. Even as a CR1 monster, the normal bugbear is, they can mess up a party. Um, if they're used properly, that is. If you just throw a bugbear into an encounter, it's just going to be a semi-hard hitter. But uh, if you're using them well, they can be very threatening, which is great because it gives you a monster that you can use for a few levels. You know, when your party is a little bit of a lower level, you can throw a bugbear into an encounter, have a bugbear that has bullied a group of goblins into service, for example. So you have a goblin warren with a bugbear at the end. When you get to a little bit of a higher level, then having the bugbears be this stealthy, sneaky um, ambush monster is definitely on character with the creature and makes them a little more threatening just because of their tactics, not necessarily because of their stat block. Uh, bugbears, let's talk about their stat blocks before we really get into using them. So bugbears have 16 AC, average of 27 hit points, CR1 monster. They have plus six to their stealth, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, bugbears are great for just ambushing and sneak attacking. They have a couple features that make them, in my opinion, kind of scary. The first feature is called Brute, and when they use a melee weapon, they deal one extra die of damage. And when they... Uh, surprise someone. So if they surprise a creature and hit it with an attack during that first round of combat, it takes an extra 2d6 of damage. So bugbears are excellent for making your party know that they got they got ambushed and it's going to hurt. Uh, their actions, they have a Morningstar attack, dealing 2d8 plus 2 piercing damage. And they have a javelin attack dealing 2d6 with a melee attack and 1d6 with a ranged attack. So, so the nice thing about it is those two weapons at least, that extra damage die from their brute feature is included. Now obviously these are weapons. You can just swap them out. You can be like, alright, I want my bugbear to have a different weapon. So you can just use the player's handbook, look at weapon stat blocks, and then you'd be like, all right, this, this bugbear has a greatsword. This bugbear has a warhammer. And it's going to get really nasty with it, that 2d10 uh, damage. So you can use that feature, that brute feature, and swapping out weapons to some stronger ones to really increase the viability of your bugbears 
against higher level parties. Uh, the Bugbear Chief is included. It's a CR3 monster. 17 AC. They have a chain shirt. Uh, 65 average hit points, plus 2 intimidation, plus 6 stealth, plus 3 survival. They still have, they have that brute and that surprise attack feature, but uh, they also have a feature called Heart of Frugic. Frugic is one of their gods, and it gives the bugbear advantage on saving throws against being charmed, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, stunned, or put to sleep. So uh, using magic to kind of take a bugbear chief out of commission is not easy. They have the same things. They have the Morningstar and Javelin, but they have a plus three on top of it instead of a plus two. So they just hit a little bit harder. And that comes from having 17 strength rather than 15. So bugbears, using them. Bugbears are lazy. It's something that is noted repeatedly in Volo's Guide to Monsters that bugbears need to be bribed and roused into doing things when they're working for other monsters. When they're working on their own, they're kind of like a wolf pack. They live in small family groups that are pretty well spread out, and they uh, they just kind of craft tools and hunt. And one of the things that they know is that they won't even attack people unless they think there's something they can gain from it. So if a bugbear is hanging out in the woods and sees the adventuring party walk by, they'll probably, they're more likely to be like, I'm just going to let them go by instead of attack them. They're not monsters that are going to be instantly aggressive. Maybe they uh, think there's something to be gained, you know, the party's flaunting wealth or something, then yeah, absolutely, the bugbears are going to jump on them. And that's something else to keep in mind, is you could have a bugbear spying on your party, and then during the day it goes to get its buddies... And they attack the party that night. Because that's really how you should be implementing bugbears, is they should be ambushing the party. But, uh, last week on Goblins, I talked a little bit about hit-and-run tactics, and I think bugbears are one of the best monsters to do this with. And have your bugbears come in, attack the party, and then leave. Like, as soon as that first round is done, have the as the DM... Through the bugbears, have the bugbears look at how much damage they did, how successful their ambush was, and if it worked really well and they all landed really solid hits, maybe they stay and fight. But if only a couple of them landed hits, if the hits weren't all that good, then the bugbears run away. So they come in, they hit, they take advantage of that surprise attack feature, and then if they haven't softened up the party really good, they then leave because they don't want to die they don't want to fight they want to fight a fight that they know they can win and that's kind of a great way to use those bugbears is something to harass the party as the party's traveling through this um old mine shaft or dark forest they're just getting constantly ambushed by this group of bugbears it puts it will be frustrating for your players because like oh we have to re-roll initiative and we're getting attacked again, and now they're going to run away, and we have to chase them down, and it's slowing things down, and it's it's chopping up this our exploration. And that's good. Sometimes it's okay to frustrate your players because when you're adventuring, sometimes things are going to be frustrating. And this is and fighting bugbears is absolutely one of those times. Bugbears are nasty. Excuse me. 
So I don't really want to get into their gods. And everything that's not their gods is just kind of like, yeah, they live in gangs and they're lazy. <laughs> Bugbears are, yeah, they're they're kind of neat. Um, I used a Bugbear Chief once against a party of level four players, I think, and almost killed them with it. So keep in mind that that, that brute feature is pretty nasty. Um, having bugbears as of being alongside other creatures, we'll talk about the conquering host in a couple weeks, but bugbears are definitely a kind of creature that a hag might employ or a, you're not a giant, but a hag, maybe an orc war chief, um, having a bugbear that is the leader of a group of goblins is definitely doable, um, they like to uh, bully other smaller creatures, namely goblins. And having, if you don't want to use your bugbear for ambushing your parties, then having a bugbear be a boss at the end of a goblin warren is totally appropriate and doable. And bugbears are great to be characters. If you want to have your bugbear be an NPC, having this lazy, slothish, big, hairy guy at the end of the dungeon that's just sitting around ordering the goblins about is uh, is phenomenal. It makes for a memorable character, especially when the party's like, oh yeah, we'll be able to take this guy. He's lazy. He just lies around unless the goblins do all the work. And then they go to fight him and he starts swinging in for 2d8 piercing damage at first level and the party's like wait he's not he's still strong so there's a couple things you can do with bugbears there um having them be uh working for another creature like a hag is a great way to have uh an ambush in the lair so the bugbears are stationed near the entrance to the lair to ambush anybody that comes in that's not supposed to be there um, that's a great way to use the bugbears kind of as a trap. Um, if you really want to play up that they're lazy, if the players come in the middle of the day, then the bugbear will be asleep. They don't, they're nocturnal creatures. Um, unless they're woken up and pushed into not being them. They like to just kind of sleep during the day and do their hunting and raiding and thieving at night. Um, on top of that, uh, if you're really building up that the hag is an NPC and not just a monster, then having the bugbears be a character in that monster in that NPC's uh, posse is very much doable. And if you really bring in the dynamic of this group of monsters working together as NPCs rather than just as monsters, then you can make these characters a little more interesting. Speaking of bugbear characters, Volo's Guide has in its Monstrous Adventures section, Bugbears. Let's talk about their traits. Bugbears get plus two to strength and plus one dex, which is solid. They have dark vision. They have 30-foot walking speed, pretty normal stuff. And then they have a few features here. They have long-limbed, which means that their melee attacks have five-foot greater reach than normal. They have powerful builds, so they count as one size larger when determining carrying capacity, weight, you can push, drag, or lift, which is just 
uh, wizards being cowards and not wanting to make a large size uh, player character. Instead, they make medium-sized player characters that count as large sometimes. They have Sneaky, giving them proficiency with Stealth, which is nice if you're playing like a Rogue or a Ranger. So you can choose which, you know, if you're playing a Rogue or Ranger, Stealth is something you're pretty much always going to want to pick from the uh, group of skills that they can choose from. But if you're already getting it from your race, then there you go. You can choose something else and then they have sneak attack if you surprise a creature and hit it with an attack and first start of combat it deals an extra 2d6 damage you can only use this straight once per combat so the bugbear kind of lends itself to being a rogue or ranger and it's very very fitting with the characters with the race's characteristics as well as features and traits um a, a, I can imagine a bugbear rogue that's just this lazy uh, layabout until treasure is mentioned, until it's like, hey, these guys have treasure, and then he's like, all right, I'm up, let's go. <laughs> but if you're role-playing this character and your playgroup is on board with having a player character in the group that the other player, the other characters don't necessarily like very much, but keep around because they don't, Fully, excuse me, because they don't fully dislike him. That bugbear's a great character. So it's like, all right, time to set up camp. And it, it can make your role-playing moments between the party a little more interesting. It's like, all right, we're done traveling for the day that set up camp. And the, the bugbear just kind of throws his sleeping pad on the ground and lays down. Doesn't go get firewood, doesn't set up tents. Just like, all right, I'm good, I'm done. <laughs> um... Having a, a bug adventure in your party that just doesn't want to do side quests because there's like no we already have enough on our plates so we don't need to do this other stuff can be interesting, um, but playing a bugbear rogue that just is lazy all the time until treasures I mentioned that already but I'm really fixated on the idea of this guy that never wants to do anything until there's treasure involved and I feel like compared to a lot of the other monstrous player races bugbear is the one I think that is most likely to become an actual adventurer and find a place in society because they're lazy and they like maybe this bugbear has its family killed off you know, it's killed by a group of adventurers. And now this bugbear's like, well, now I'm by myself. And I can't really do anything by myself. What, what should I do? And then they're like, wait a minute. I'm just going to go become an adventurer. Because I'll have a group of really powerful people that will help me get treasure and food. So, there we go. <laughs> and just having that character, this I, I just feel like bugbears are more likely to become adventurers than goblins or kobolds or even, maybe not orcs, but... At least of the goblinoids, I think bugbears are the ones that are most likely to leave their own race and go become an adventurer. Now, if you're playing a world where all the races, monstrous and otherwise, kind of live together in society, you have like, you know, like a Star Wars cantina type world where when a player walks into a bar, there are bugbears there. Bugbears just exist. Putting bugbears into the fabric of society as this better than goblins but still kind of destitute group 
would be interesting. And even then, bugbears can be something that draws attention. Even in a world where a lot of monstrous races are found in society, bugbears are not common. And you can keep that aspect of the race where they're uncommon and have them still be kind of a weird, a odd sight to see. Like your players go to a city where all the races live there, there's still no bugbears. Your player character is still the only bugbear that they ever see. Um, they're just, they're, there's not a lot of them around. And that can give your player an interesting dynamic of, in this world of massive diversity, I'm still not alone, but often alone. Um, and you can create kind of an interesting character moment with that, I think. Um, having your bugbears just be just that group of that, that part of that minority group that everyone thinks is lazy and doesn't want to work or do anything is a great way to have a political aspect to a monstrous race in your great tapestry of society. And luckily, well, unluckily, we have some really great real life examples on how people look at other groups that are viewed as lazy because unfortunately the real world is really racist but anyways on a lighter note bugbears are really cool they're really strong and they're not a monster that you should use lightly as a dm they're a monster that you can frustrate your party with hit and run tactics sneak attacks attacking the party when they're trying to get long rests in you can really wear down a party with bugbears every time they try to rest the bugbears ambush them, especially when they're at a low level and don't have magical wards and stuff. They set up camp in the woods and get attacked by bugbears. So players aren't getting long rests. Their rests are getting interrupted. It's hard for them to get going and get their feet, get their uh, spell slots and features back because the bugbears just keep harassing them and wearing them down. And it creates the possibility of a very dangerous situation for your party. And you can do it at a decently low level. Like a group of bugbears, not even with a bugbear chieftain, but like two or three bugbears could very easily put a lot of pressure on a second or third level party and really make their life hard. And sometimes that's what you want to do as a DM. You want to make your players' lives hard. I'm not an advocate of the DM being an enemy of the players. <clears throat> That's not how I like to approach the game. But sometimes you got to make things tough for your players because it adds a level of tension and a level of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It adds stakes to the game. And it's important that you do that every now and then to keep things interesting. We can't have lighthearted adventures all the time. Sometimes... Even at a low level, the monsters that go bump in the night have to show up and make things scary. So that's bugbears. Bugbears are awesome. I like them a lot. Next week, continuing goblinoids with hobgoblins, which are one of my favorite monstrous races. I really like hobgoblins. I think they're super cool. So I'm really excited for next week. Um, I'm really excited for... My next campaign after I finish the one where I'm running, where Phil's going to play a bugbear ranger. I think it'll be a great dynamic for the party. And I'm excited to build that world with his vision in mind. So, 
That's all for this week. Bugbears are great. Hobgoblins next week. We'll see you next week. Keep on delving.